You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Good morning, Path to Purpose people. It is Tuesday, Facebook Live time. And I am coming live to you guys from, I would want to say sunny California, but it's not really that sunny yet this morning. I'm out here on a writing retreat and I'm super excited to be making really good progress on my next book. I'm not going to say too much about it, but you'll be hearing more about it in the upcoming days. But this morning, I wanted to hop on really quickly to talk about a super important topic that comes up a lot, uh, just, you know, sometimes on our breakthrough calls with people, or it just comes up as I minister different places. And so I just wanted to address it today because uh, I, I have a feeling if, you know, the, the calls that we're doing with people on the breakthrough call uh, calls are any indication that there might be a lot of you out there that are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as someone who grew up in the Baptist church, I can understand that for sure, because I too was not baptized in the Holy Spirit, honestly, until my thirties. And I really didn't even know about it or hadn't heard about it, had not had any teaching on it. So if you are not even sure what I'm talking about, don't fret. Uh, I'm hopping on here today to share about it so that you can be informed and you can make the choice and you can enter into the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for you. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the first thing I want to say is not water baptism. Okay. A lot of times when I bring up the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people, you know, will answer them like, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? People will say, oh, I was baptized in water, you know, or I was christened as a child, or they'll give me their, their water baptism story. And so the first thing I want to just share with you is this, this is not that, Okay. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a spiritual baptism, and it is what uh, John the Baptist alluded to when he baptized John with water. And if you remember the story, he talked about how uh, the one that was coming after him would baptize with the Spirit and in power. Uh, of course, Jesus was baptized in water by, by uh, John the Baptist, but there is a, a baptism of spirit and a baptism of fire that was not, um, you know, what John the Baptist was typically doing with people. In fact, Jesus was actually baptized in the Holy Spirit at his water baptism. So I'm not saying that you can't be baptized in the Spirit at your water baptism. Uh, but typically, that's not the case for people. Uh, if you remember Jesus's baptism, the Holy Spirit descended upon him as a dove and, and, and stayed and lit upon him. But typically, what I'm talking about here is a, an immersion in the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you are, if you have, you know, confess Jesus with Lord, if, if you are a believer, which I'm assuming you are, if you're here in this group, then make no mistake, you have the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit has been uh, joined to the Lord. You are one with him right now. And so this isn't about you getting something that you don't have. It's about releasing the fullness of what you've been given. You know, the word baptism is a Greek word that really means to be immersed. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this immersion in the Holy Spirit. And it is a uh, endowment or a, you become endued when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know in my own life, 
uh, I really didn't see a lot of power <laughs> coming through my life. Not when I say power, I mean, miracle working power. I did not see signs and wonders, uh, until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And honestly, I began to get teaching about uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And just as a little bit of background, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I had grown up in the Baptist church. And so in the Baptist denomination, this is not a doctrine that they teach. However, there is an entirely whole new world or a whole other world outside of traditional denominational Christian circles that is operating in signs and wonders is operating in, in, in miracles. And so let me, let me talk about a little bit about Jesus's discussion with his disciples about the Holy spirit. Like if you go and read John 14, um, 15 and 16, if you kind of start reading in that area, you know, Jesus is talking about the promise of the coming of the Holy spirit. And I didn't bookmark these scriptures cause I'm, you know, I never know exactly where the Holy Spirit's going to take me. But if we go into uh, John chapter 16, actually, I think I want to go to John 14. I want to just talk about where Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. In verse 18, he says, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Verse 19, soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. So Jesus is talking about the coming new creation and what is going to happen to the disciples when he comes back, that they are actually going to live in, live in union with Jesus. Um, if we skip down, verse 23, and this is in John 13, it says, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make our dwelling place. Again, this is John 13, verse 24, at 25, it says, I'm telling you this while I'm still with you. But when the father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. So again, Jesus is talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit after his resurrection at this point and what's going to happen when that happens. Verse 12, there is so much more I would like to say to you, but it's more, more than you can grasp at the moment. I'm reading in the Passion Translation. He says, but when the truth giving spirit comes... He will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the father. And he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. And other translations of that, he says that he will hear what he speaks from the father and he will show you the future. So Jesus is preparing his disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit after his death, burial and resurrection. Okay, so let's go a little bit further now after his death, burial and resurrection. Uh, he then tells the disciples this. So this is after he's been resurrected. He tells the disciples in John 20, verse 22, he says this. Um, okay, that evening, verse 19, well, starting in verse 19, it says that evening, the disciples gathered together. And because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors. But suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. And then he showed him the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Verse 21, Jesus repeating his greeting to you, 
And now he's told them, just as the father has sent me, I'm now sending you. It says, then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 22. Now, that's interesting because now in John you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, he's talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now in John chapter 20, he's breathing on them and telling them to receive the Holy Spirit. And then if we go to Luke 24, 29, listen to this. Okay, so he's breathed on them. He told them to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. Verse 49, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, so even though Jesus had breathed on him, he was telling them to still wait, that there was more. And a lot of people teach that when he breathed on them, that that was the, the, the regeneration of their spirit, that that was, that that was them actually uh, being born again. Uh other people don't, you know, give that explanation. But what I want to share is that even though he had breathed on them and they had received the Holy Spirit, there was more. And he was telling them to wait, to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the, that the Spirit has come, until the Holy Spirit had come um, and that they were going to be endued with power. So the, I want to stop here for just a second and talk about this again, because the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about the power of God. It is about the miracle working power of God, which is a Greek word dunamis. And dunamis is the power of God that is a person, the Holy Spirit that comes into our life with power. And this is the power to the grace of God. It's the power to live the Christian life. It's the power to work miracles. It's the power to do, to be a witness. And um, Jesus said this, you know, that at the same works that he did, we would do also uh, because he was going to be with the father. And, you know, if you are not doing the same works that Jesus did, if you are not living a miraculous life, then guess what? You need more power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You also need understanding of how the power of God works. Jesus spent three years with his disciples training them in the supernatural. Um, and so those two those two aspects of understanding the power of God, understanding the working of miracles, understanding the gifts of the spirit, which we're going to go to here in a moment, is, is a key to living a miraculous, supernatural Christian life. Okay, before we go over to that, I want to go now to Acts chapter one, because Acts chapter one is, you know, when they were waiting for the promise of the father in the upper room, this is, you know, right before Jesus ascended. You know, he said this to them. Then they went and they waited in the upper room. Let me go over there. Acts chapter one, verse eight, okay, says this. Well, we'll just start. Let me just go to Acts chapter one here and we'll see what it says, okay? Um, and I'm going to go, well, we'll just say in the New King James Version. It says in verse two, it says, until the day which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days of speaking of the things pertaining of the kingdom of God. It says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So now he's talking about this baptism of fire, this baptism of the spirit. It says um, in verse eight, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so Jesus, again, right before his ascension is telling them to wait that they're about to receive this power and that this power is going to enable them to be witnesses. And I want to say supernatural witnesses to all the ends of the earth. You know, it talks about how signs follow people that believe when they are preaching the gospel. And those signs and wonders come from the power of the Holy Spirit. There are so many advantages and benefits of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to share, you know, when I kind of came out of denominal Christianity and started, you know, personally got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started getting exposed really to the normalcy of supernatural Christianity, I have seen at this point, it's thousands, thousands of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I personally have ministered probably to over, you know, multiple thousands of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you there is a huge distinction um, as you begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit kind of the pre-baptism of the Holy Spirit Christian life and the post-baptism of the Christian life. And so I want to just move on a little bit. And now I want to talk about the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is something that you may or may not know about. And it's the, it is the gift of speaking in tongues. Okay. When, when the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two, here's what it says happened. Uh, In Acts chapter two, verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then it appeared to them divided tongues as of fire as one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, now there's a couple of key things to mention here that they were all filled. So of the 120 people in the upper room, every single one of them received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues. Now, if you are not familiar with the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues is one of the nine gifts of the spirit that the apostle Paul talks about in first Corinthians 12 and the gift of tongues is just the gift of speaking a unknown language. Whenever I minister the baptism of the Holy spirit, I always make it clear that we, you know, obviously there's all kinds of languages in the world. I would, you know, I'm speaking English right now. You understand me because you, you understand English right now, but you know, if we went over to Europe and, somebody was speaking French and you don't speak French, well, obviously you wouldn't understand that. And that would be called an unknown tongue. An unknown tongue is just one that you don't understand. Uh, In this chapter in Acts, some of them spoke in languages that people did understand. So all of a sudden, by the endowment of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in a unknown language to them, but in a known language to others. And what I want to propose to you is that there are many, many languages are unknown, not only by us here on the earth, 
but there are ancient languages that that are no longer in use that no one speaks anymore there are heck you know there's there's computer languages now they have programming languages they call them languages and you have to be able to understand that particular code to be able to understand that language there's binary machine language and of course there are heavenly languages there are languages in heaven there are angels there are languages of angels and there's there's languages that we do not understand and so what is so important about the gift of tongues i mean and the gift of speaking a language that we don't know well in many cases it's used supernaturally to preach the gospel as it was in acts chapter two all of a sudden people were had come to the temple um for uh, the celebrations that were happening then, and people actually were able to hear the gospel in their native tongue. There are lots of modern day testimonies of people sharing the gospel in a language that they don't understand. But also, these, these unknown tongues that are, we are speaking serve the purpose of not only preaching the gospel, but of the operation and the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. One is the gift of tongues. And another one that I want to just highlight really quickly is the gift of the interpretation of tongues. So um, let me just get there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Okay. And here's what it says. Okay. This is um, the Apostle Paul speaking. And he starts talking here in verse five he says the lord yahweh is one and that he is one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministers god the same god distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes energizes and active activates them each believer believer is given continuous revelation by the holy spirit to benefit not just himself but all for example, the spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same spirit gives the gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, to the gift to discern what the spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. It says, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. So what I want to say about this is that the person of the Holy Spirit in our life is not only the power of God, but he is the supernatural manifestation of God through signs and wonders, and that he uses the gifts of the Spirit to do these supernatural manifestations. If you go through the gospel and you look gospels and you look at every single miracle that Jesus did, there was an operation of the gift of the spirit in play in every single one of those miracles. Okay. Turning the water into wine is the gift of the working of miracles. Uh, when he saw, um, Nathaniel under the tree, and he said, "Behold, an Israelite, and who there is no whom there is no guile." When he met him for the first time, well, guess what? That was a word of knowledge. It was a word of knowledge about Nathaniel, and I could go on and on. In each one of the the miracles of healings obviously the only ones that we don't see in operation in jesus's ministry we don't see it until the day of pentecost is the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues so this is something that happened and when the ministry of the holy spirit invaded the earth 
after Jesus was ascended. So what is the gift of speaking in tongues? And what is the interpretation of tongues? Well, I want to say this, the gift of speaking in tongues, along with the interpretation of tongues, when you put those together, and all that means is that you are able to interpret what you're speaking when you put those together, that is the equivalent of a prophecy, Means that, meaning that it is a divinely inspired message from God, okay? And the difference between the two is obviously when you're prof- prophesying or you're speaking prophetically, you're speaking in the known language of the hearer. When you speak a, a message in tongues without interpretation, no one understands you. But when you speak a message in tongues with an, with an interpretation, well, guess what? It's a divinely inspired message from God. And so both prophecy and tongues and the interpretation of tongues equal a description an inspired message from God. Now I want to talk about um, kind of just this, this teaching that has, you know, runs around again, typically in denominational circles that says that anytime that you speak in tongues, you must have an interpretation. Now that is coming from first Corinthians chapter 14, but I want to make a delineation here between the operation of the gift of the spirit of speaking in tongues and an interpretation of tongues and just what we call praying in the spirit. And what I mean by praying in the spirit is simply praying in tongues. So there is a, an inspired message that is given in tongues that needs an interpretation in order to be understood. And then there is simply a prayer that happens in tongues that this is really um, a different thing. It's a different operation of the Holy Spirit. And it is what I am specifically talking about today and what I'm going to be ministering to you here in just a little while, okay? And what I mean by that <clears throat> is that in First ch- Corinthians chapter 14, let's just go over there, and uh, I'll jump off and talk a little bit more about it in context, okay? So in First in Corinthians chapter 14, 1, um, this is in the Passion Translation. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, it is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. He says, when someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. Now, I want to say that this is not the same operation that happened on the day of Pentecost, right? This is obviously not a a native language of someone else. This is when you are speaking in an unknown tongue and there is a mystery. You are speaking to God. You're not speaking to men, but you are speaking to God. God understands it. It's you're speaking mysteries. And in verse three, he's just comparing that. He says, but when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and bring them comfort. Listen to verse four, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. Okay, so there's something about speaking in tongues. There's something about praying in the spirit that advances our spiritual progress. It builds us up, it says in Jude, in our most holy faith. It edifies us, edifies us, meaning it it causes us to rise. It causes us to connect with the spirit realm. It causes our spiritual senses to be activated, and we make We rise above the limitations of our flesh, okay? But it says the one who prophesies builds up the church. And so Paul here is now going to start teaching about how if you're in a public setting, prophesy or interpret tongues. Because when you're just sitting around 
speaking a language that no one understands. No one is getting built up except for yourself. So he's, he's comparing, you know, prophecy again with tongues and the interpretation of tongues. But where I want to go, and, and there's a lot of things that people have said about this, like you can't speak in tongues unless there's an interpretation and, or it's invalid. It's not from God. And I just want to say, let's, can we not have that kind of an attitude around the spiritual gifts? Number one, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians to teach and instruct them on the correct operation of the gifts of the Spirit. And is there a correct operation? And is there one that's done decently in order, especially in a public setting? Absolutely. But at the same time, people were operating in them as they were learning. And it is okay to learn. It is okay to operate in the gifts of the spirit and do something wrong. I mean, the disciples did things wrong all the time in learning to operate in the supernatural. And Jesus just kept instructing them and kept using even their mistakes to teach them things. When they couldn't cast out the devil, he explained to them why not, that they had they, you know, they didn't have faith for it and they needed to fast to get that unbelief off of them. So learning and progressing in progressing in the, the gifts of the spirit is a natural way of learning anything. So let's not get so religious and so caught up, so judgmental and so, you know, we're not the we're not the, you know, the church police going around correcting everybody. I mean, that is a um that is not the spirit of love and gentleness. So I don't want you to to take these as like <clears throat> the way that they have been taught many times in the church. Okay, here's what I want to want to say. Um, in verse 13, he says this, well, let's, let's talk in verse 10. He says, I suppose that the, the, I, in verse 10, he says, I suppose that the world has all sorts of languages and each conveys meaning to the ones who speak it. But I am like a foreigner. If I don't understand the language and the speaker will be like a foreigner to me talking about the thing that I was talking about earlier with all the languages. <clears throat> and he says, and that's, what's happening among you. You are so passionate about embracing, embracing the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. He says, now become even more passionate about the things that strengthen the entire church. So he is not saying don't be passionate about embracing the manifestations of the Spirit. He's just saying, let's now become passionate about the things that strengthen the entire church. Verse 13, he says, so if you speak in a tongue, pray for the interpretation to be able to unfold the meaning of what you are saying. Verse 14, he says, for if I am praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what, what is being said. So here's what I've concluded. I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing rapturous praises in the spirit, but I will also sing with my mind engaged. Otherwise, if you are praising God in your spirit, how could someone without the gift participate by adding his amen and giving of your thanks, since he doesn't have a clue of what you're saying. Your praise to God is admirable, but it does nothing to strengthen and build up others. I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But in a church setting, I would rather speak five words that can be understood than 10,000 exotic words in a tongue. That way I could have a role in teaching others. He said, beloveds, Beloved, don't remain immature children in your reasoning. I'm going to stop here because what Paul is doing here is he's comparing and contrasting his own private speaking in tongues, his own prayer where his spirit is praying 
with a public message in tongues. And so there is multiple operations of this gift. There is absolutely a public use of the gift where you are speaking a, a public message in tongues and interpreting it. But there is also a place to pray, to pray in the spirit, to pray in tongues and to um, of course, you can interpret that as well. You can pray to have the interpretation of that, but it, it allows your spirit to pray. Now, I wanted to give you, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of a scriptural background on this so that now I could move into just some revelatory understanding of what is actually happening when we pray in the spirit. Okay. The apostle Paul says that when we pray in the spirit, our mind is unfruitful. You know, they have been, they have actually, if you go on YouTube, you can, you can Google speaking in tongues, research on speaking in tongues. And they have actually done brain scans of people that are speaking in tongues. And what they have found is that when people are speaking in tongues, it does not light up the same area of their brain as when they are speaking in their native language. And so it, it bears witness and it, it confirms what the apostle Paul was teaching here, which is that their people's mind is unfruitful, that there is a bypassing of the mind when we are speaking in tongues. Now, this is a challenge for a lot of believers when they are starting to operate in this uh, gift, when they are beginning to pray in the spirit, because they are, they're so used to living out of their brain. But when you are speaking in tongues and you are praying in the spirit, you are bypassing, I want to say it this way, your unrenewed mind which is such an important thing to be doing when you are praying. You are praying a perfect prayer when you pray in the spirit. You are bypassing your unbelief. You are bypassing your unrenewed thinking. And you are giving voice to the spirit of God who lives inside of you. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to actually pray through you. And it is a perfect spiritual prayer. All of your selfish motives are out of the way. All of your own ideas about what should happen in the situation have left the room and you are praying truly in the Holy Spirit. You are releasing the words of the Holy Spirit. Why is this so powerful? Because, beloved, we, some, we have lost, many of us, the revelation of the power of the tongue, the power of our words. And it says that death and life is in the power of our tongue. And if the truth be known, we are created in God's image. And as a part of that, we have been, we have been created to function the way God does. We've been function, we've been created to function by faith. We've been created to function in a creative uh, capacity and to dominate the seen realm. In Genesis, God created everything that is seen through words, let there be light, right? And there was light. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, through faith, we understand that the, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things that are visible were made by things that are invisible. So there is a creative force that comes out of our mouth. Proverbs says that death itself is in the power of the tongue. You know, Jesus said that, um, you know, uh, that, uh, whosoever shall say into this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And when doesn't doubt in their heart shall have what they say. 
Like these are incredible concepts that we have lost the revelation of. And, you know, it's very interesting. If you go back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11, when everyone had one language, they were of one mind, it says that nothing that would be restrained, that they had imagined to do would be restrained from them. The power, the creative force of the, of the human imagination as, a, as the womb of the spirit to create is, is, is also another revelation that we've lost. But it, they were so powerful, they were speaking all in one language that God came down and confused their language. And he basically gave them all kinds of different languages that they couldn't understand each other. Why? Because the power of, of, of the speech of these people, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm just, it's early here, you guys. I'm just, my voice is just waking up. And um, so... Let me go back to my train of thought here. Um, so what we are doing, what, what the Holy Spirit was doing on the day of Pentecost was he was gaining governance again. He was gaining back control of the human tongue. You know, if you go into James and it talks about how the, tr- the tongue is like a fire, it causes so much destruction that we, we speak cursing and blessing out of it. I mean, it is out of control. Our tongues are out of control. But when we pray and when we speak in tongues, when we pray in the spirit, guess what? The Holy Spirit is fully uh, in operation in that moment. And it, you have left the, the human domain and you have entered into the to the, the domain of the divine. Now, the one thing I want to share about this is there's a lot of, again, teaching. So many things are out there about the gifts of the spirit, guys. Um, and in my own life, you know, most of the teaching that I had up until I received the gift, praise God, it was a miracle because I'd had so much unbelief programmed into me. Um, until I received the gift of speaking in tongues, I'll tell you, um, there's just a whole lot of stuff out there that teaches you wrong things. And I will tell you, most of that teaching out there, <clears throat> excuse me, I need to find my water, but it's way across the room. Um, most of that teaching out there is not done by spirit-filled people. It's not done by people who operate in these gifts. And so a lot of teaching out there that is against the, these gifts. But, you know, once you've got it, you've got it. And I can tell you that learning how to operate in it once you've got it is a much better strategy than learning from people who don't have it. And one of the things that people say is that not everyone, it's not for everyone, like not everyone speaks in tongues. <clears throat> and what I want to say about that is that, well, on the day of Pentecost, they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and all of the gifts of the spirit operate like everything else in the kingdom by faith. They operate according to our faith over and over again. Jesus saw, I mean, in Jesus's ministry, we saw how people received what they believed. Um, when the blind man came to Jesus, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he was like, I'd like to receive my sight. And then he re- received his sight. But Jesus asked him, what do you want? What do you want? The woman with the issue of blood came up and touched Jesus's garment. He didn't even know who touched him. And she was made whole. And he said, go in peace, daughter. Your faith has made you whole. The centurion comes and says, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled at his faith. And again, the centurion got what he asked. 
So you have to recognize that the gifts of the spirit are not gifts given to individual people. They are the manifestations of the person of the Holy Spirit. And you have the person of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it, the, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit works by faith, right? The manifestation of salvation works by faith. You heard the message of Jesus dying on the cross as you, that you were co-crucified with Jesus. You believed and you received, you manifested the victory of Jesus. And so that is how we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so now what I want to chat about is I'd like to chat about how you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's really simple. It's a prayer that I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But before we do that, I want to walk you through just a simple way to think about um, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because I have watched people, some people, you know, I just pray for them and they're just like, you know, just praying in the spirit, no problem. Other people, myself included, you know, we so much, so we're in our head. We've got, not just are we in our head, we've either never heard of this before, so it's like clashing with our programming from the world, or it's clashing from denominational teaching and teaching that has taught us that it's not for everybody, it's not for today, the gifts of the Spirit passed away with the apostles, not everybody prays in tongues. If you pray in tongues, you got to have an interpretation. Like there's all of this teaching and all of these um, ideas that are in our head that hinder it, right? And it's just it's just wrong belief. And so <clears throat> I know in my own life, I had to clear that stuff out. I mean, my favorite Bible teachers were like, hey, if, you know, when I was in the Southern Baptist world, you know, I I've never spoken in tongues and never will I speak in tongues. Well, if that's what you believe, you're right. You will never speak in tongues. But I want to tell you, in the kingdom, we come like little children. And little children are the easiest to get baptized in the Holy Spirit because they don't have all that mess that's been programmed into them. They're just like, oh, God wants to speak a language through my spirit. Oh, it's a language I don't understand. Cool. Let's do it. And so they just jump at the opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's adults and, and religion and just the thought of it being odd because in the world, we don't go around speaking languages we don't understand. We've been programmed into what is normal to be a human being. And we've been talked out of our divinity. We've been talked out of our supernatural ability to connect with God and to manifest heaven on earth through supernatural prayer, through a supernatural speaking that bypasses human flesh altogether. So this is the way that I typically will talk about it. You hear me talking in English right now. And because you are an English speaker, you understand what I say. And if I just slowed down English right now, you would notice that it is just me speaking syllable sounds that you understand, okay? Now, if I begin to speak in tongues right now, and by the way, I can turn it on, turn it off. It's, it's mine. I've got it. I received it. I don't have to tarry. I don't have to wait. I don't have to be in worship. I can just, I can just do it. Once you got it, you got it. It operates by faith. So, and I can speed it up. Or I can s s slow it down. Okay. And when I speak in 
tongues, kalebokoshete nanakole kisakishalemoka, slow, you can see that they are just syllable sounds that I don't understand. And so when I pray for you in a moment, you are going to, you know, for those of you that are watching live or those of you that are going to be watching the replay, when I pray for you in a moment, you're just going to begin to, by faith, open up your mouth and make syllable sounds, whatever sound. And I want you to, I want you to trust that you don't have to worry about doing it wrong or doing it right. When you ask for the Holy Spirit and this gift, you get this gift, okay? I can't tell you the amount of fear that has been programmed into the church over the devil. We don't, we don't think about, we, we, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're focusing on God. We're focusing on the Holy Spirit. And I will just share with you, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's what you're going to get. When the guy asked for, you know, to receive his sight, he's talking to God. He's not talking to the enemy. He's talking to God. And God did what he asked. We are, when we pray, we're to God. We're not talking to the enemy. So we're going to receive this with confidence, okay? And I just want to give you what Jesus said about that. He says this in Luke chapter 11, 13. He says, if you then... Though you are evil, he's talking to right to the to the Israelites, know how to give gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Okay. So we're asking for the Holy Spirit. So when you do that, all we're gonna do, we're just gonna begin to open up our mouth and we're gonna by faith begin to make whatever syllable sound comes out of your mouth. Okay. And the Holy Spirit's not gonna come and take over your brain and take over your mouth. He gives you the utterance. So when you speak, you are speaking in an unknown tongue. Now it may just flow out like a river, or it may just be a little bit of, you know, one or two syllables, but regardless, you need to believe that you've already got it because you do, you have the Holy spirit. You are not asking for something you don't have. This is simply a baptism, an immersion. It's a filling of the Holy spirit that just bubbles out in a language. You just need to Act on it by faith. And I'll tell you, the folks that have the hardest time with this are the people that have, you know, just, just are listening to the voice of doubt. Okay. The voice of doubt. Oh, well, you don't have it. Oh, well, you're just making that up. Oh, that's not God. That's just you. Oh, that's not God. That's, that is, that's evil. That's demonic. You know, you know, that voice is not the voice of God, you guys. The resistance that we have in the earth to this gift and to this, this ability is because it has so much power, okay? This bypasses human. It is supernatural. So you need to tell the voice of doubt to shut up. Last night, I was, I was ministering this with some emerge students, and I told them, you need to flip that off. <laughs> I realized what I said, but that's true. You need to flip off the voice of doubt, um, and you need to focus on God and thankfulness and, yes, believing that you receive it. Believe it and then release it. All right? So now I'm going to pray for you guys to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And in a moment, you're just going to begin to wherever you are, begin to just pray in the spirit as, as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance, boldly speaking out in tongues. So I can just usually when I begin to get to this part of the message, I can just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit coming. I feel um, a lot of heat on my feet right now. I might get a little loopy, but that's okay.
I'm just going to release the presence of God over you right now. So wherever you are watching today, I just release the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with every single listener today, every watcher, and that you are in them and you are so real. <laughs> you are so real. You are real. You are invisible, but you are real. You live in us. Our spirits are real, even though you are invisible and you are here. You are here because you love manifesting your gifts. You love manifesting yourself in our lives. You love operating in signs and wonders and miracles. You love praying through us. You love speaking in tongues because it, it, it is so beautiful. It's so powerful. It's so glorious. It gives us the ability to praise God beyond our understanding. It gives us the ability to speak your will into the earth. And so I just say right now in the name of Jesus for every single person that is not baptized in the Holy Spirit that's watching. And for those that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I speak a fresh, a fresh and filling I just say, everyone be filled, be filled, be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Release your prayer language, release the, the tongues of the Holy Spirit, release the power. I just say rivers of living water are flowing forth now out of your belly. And we just praise you right now, God. And we just begin to speak in unknown tongues. And I'm just going to slow it down. Sometimes I sing. No more English. You just open up your mouth in faith and begin to speak like baby talk. Don't worry about getting it right. Little kids don't worry about the sounds they're making when they're learning to talk. They just boldly, you know, they just talk in baby talk. And you can stop, speak back in English, release it, yeah, and just keep thinking, I got it, I got it, receive it, receive it, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it, Mark eleven twenty four. you got it, you've got it, you've got it. You've got it. You've got it. La boshate ki yomakase te lemokota. You know, you'll get so bold with this. I mean, I'm just staring back at my little my little screen here. I can't see you guys because I use Zoom to do my Facebook lives. And yeah, I mean, I look a little crazy. You know, speaking in a language you don't understand. But man, I'm just bold for Jesus. I'm just bold for Jesus. I'm not worried about getting it right, getting it wrong. I'm just being free. I mean, I just, I don't really care what people think. It's taken me a long time to get free. Hallelujah. I spent the, you know, the majority of my life without the power of God. And it was miserable. Be filled, be filled. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. Now all that's left to do is activate it in practice. Pray in the spirit in the shower, pray in the spirit in the car, pray in the spirit, cooking dinner. Pray in the spirit. And of course, you can 
you interpret. Get your journal out in the same place that you've learned to hear God from. You just ask. Let me just do it. I feel like I'm praying for, this is just, I'm just going to go by faith. I'm hearing a name, Joni. So I don't know if that's someone that's watching the Facebook Live. I don't know if that's a relative of someone that's watching the Facebook Live. I don't know if it's one that I don't know halfway across the, the, the planet. But I'm praying right now for someone named Joni. Yeah, and I, I just heard the words Joni live. I just speak life into Joni. Whatever the manifestation of life looks like for Joni that is needed. I just speak life. I say live. I say breathe. I say come to life in Jesus' name. This is not your time. I just bind the spirit of death over Joni right now in Jesus' name. And I just declare life, resurrection power into Joni's body. I declare a turnaround. I declare a breakthrough. I declare a miracle right now in Jesus' name. I release the power of God, the power of the cross, the power of the resurrection, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ into Joni's body now in Jesus' name. I say rise, rise, rise and walk. In Jesus' name. And I just and I can just begin to continue to pray. Yeah, Mama Saka, Yoka. And now it's coming. It's not even there's no real effort on my part. This is the Holy Spirit praying. I can begin to, to just feel the power. I mean, I felt the power of God since we started, but I'm just feeling the power of God in my body. I'm feeling my feet or my legs now halfway are on fire. Why, this is just a manifestation of the fire, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of fire. And it is, it is a prayer that's coming forth for a person that I don't even know. I don't even know who this person is. This is the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. We can get things done, guys, in, in ways. I mean, God just looking for someone to pray. Amen. So, beloved, I'm going to get off and I'm going to continue to pray here um, as the Holy Spirit's leading me. And if you've got questions, you know, type them down in the comments. Maybe I'll hop on a little while and do some Q&A, you know, and answers of some of those questions or type it out, whatever. But I just want to make sure that you get the ministry that you need, that you get the questions answered that you need. And um, yeah, so that's, that's it for today. God bless you. Practice. And if, you, if you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit. More and more and more. Let's be like the Apostle Paul. And say, oh, I pray in tongues more than all of you. Amen. It will, you will make incredible spiritual progress. Things will supernaturally begin to happen as you pray in the spirit. You will connect your spirit and your mind. You will have revelation like never before. All right. So God bless you guys. Have an amazing day and pray in the spirit. All right. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is in part made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. 
Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.